Hello world, it is, I don't even know what day it is, <laughs> but we are here, it is Ergo Radio, I am Damon. I'm Kiss. This is we, exciting. Uh, we're recording from, I guess it's Studio C at this all point. All right, all right. We'll tell you a little bit more about where we are and how exciting it is and how excited we are to be here in a second. But first of all, I'm just really happy to be doing this as I always am, like it's becoming a thing that just makes me ecstatic when I know I get to go record and do the radio. Uh, your, your, your boyish joy I'm is- glowing. Is warming up my day. I'm excited to see. I think, I think that's see. just uh, that's just like uh, sunburn. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get into all that. We have a very special guest who, uh, yeah, no, there's a there's a whole bevy of. I just have a list of ball jokes waiting. White, um, stay bright. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm ready. That's our I'm new slogan. But first, before no, we it's go, not. <laughs> Absolutely, it's not our slogan. <laughs> our a couple community announcements. Uh, first off. Uh, a little bit about like where we are and what's happening. So we're very excited to announce we are now officially part of the Post Loudness Podcast hey, Collective. Check us out. Um, so what that means is we're part of a network and a community of radio producers here in Chicago who are, I guess, pretty much with the exception of me, uh, queer identified folks or podcasters of color. Oh man, you're so, you're my plus one. Is I'm that, the plus one. Is that what's happening? Um, but we're really excited. Ah! <laughs> we're really excited to be part of that. Uh, <laughs> part of what that means is we get to be in these like cushy ass digs of like an actual recording man, studio. Like soundproof, like foaming on the wall. This you, is the first time you can time, hear it, can't you? This is the first time that Damon and I have not shared a microphone while doing this show in 58 episodes, which is really weird. Yeah, yeah, it is actually. But we're not too far. We're, we might be too far. <laughs> y- y'all miss each other. <laughs> anyway, a couple of community announcements. Nate, you, you're you're jumping the gun here. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Um, so a couple things. Uh, oh, so first and foremost, there's a solidarity action tomorrow with the uh, No DAPL. That's the uh, protests that have been going on in uh, Dakota, protesting the pipeline. Yeah, it's turned up out there. Yeah, I'm no, that was like... Them. Yeah. Like, I thought we were doing something, yeah, nah, you know? They, they went to another level with it. Um, but so tomorrow, or tomorrow, Friday, at 4 p.m. at Daily Plaza, um, it'll be tomorrow when you hear this, uh, come through and uh, show support and solidarity. Also, uh, Church on the Nine this Sunday at 6 p.m. at 79th and Cottage. Word, right. um, I know both of y'all have been there at various times. It's a pretty beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah super dope. Uh, Tweak is having uh, a video shoot on 79th of Vincennes. Also, also, also. alum Tweak. Yep, Word. yep, yep. On su- on Sunday at two, at two. So you got like a, you'll just be going across the night. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful yeah, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Anything else you want to? No, I don't know. There? I don't know what's going on in the world at all. I have no announcements. Any I'm, personal announcements? I, I'm breathing. Hey, I so appreciate that. What's up? That. What's up with y'all? <laughs> <laughs> How was your day? All right, so let's get uh, let's do what uh, what we do. Um, really excited to have you here. Uh, what's up? This is the you're our first return guest. Uh, yeah, 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 kind of. I'm like a I'm like a half yeah, return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's. It's, I think it's appropriate. You know, like Arguing. one we did you bogus. It was like the it's all good. the like high school three way. Like when you call somebody <laughs> and like the other person's on the phone listening to the whole thing. It's just like a party yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it didn't quite work. Out. It was kind of ratchet how we had that. And I don't even use that word. That's weird. New space, new words. Man, right. I don't know who you are. Anyway, poet, educator, rapper. Fantastic person. Wild Hunted Fred. Ambassador. Ergo Arum. Nate Marshall's here. What's up? Bah, bah, bah. Uh, oh no. How you feeling, Nate? Uh, you know, <laughs> gentrify. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Rocky your Ralph Ellis's shirt on, man. Just the black writer, just everywhere you go. <laughs> How are you feeling today? How is the world treating you? You treating it? Today, today is cool. Today, today I'm good. Uh I've been so I started a new job last week, uh, which is a new job, but also kind of feels like an old you job. You always have new jobs. Well, yes. <laughs> stay with hella like, jobs. Yeah. Hella jobs. Um, but I so I just officially started on September 1st uh, working full-time at Young Chicago Authors, uh, which is a new gig. I've never actually worked there full-time, which okay. is weird because I've been around there since I was 13 right, years old. Right, right. So You're like the poster boy. Yeah. So it's, so it's good. I feel good. <laughs> literally, they have yeah, a poster in there. I think you've literally been on some posters. Yes. Yes. Actually... <laughs> Are there so, any jobs there you haven't had yet? Um, I don't. Full time. I don't write grants. Ooh. Yeah, no, no, no. I can't even count, yo. You don't write grants. You write bars. Listen. <laughs> so, so like, I wanna, I wanna let's let's pause in this moment. And like, okay. I want you to like, you know, we're, we're being silly, but I like, really reflect on, on on what that means. I would love for you to be able to like listen to this five years from now and be able to like 
pinpoint this moment of mm. this has been an institution or a space where like a lot of who you are has been formed sure. right and now you are like re-entering in a new platform and or with new capacity how, how does this feel you know do you do you think about the 37 years that you've been up in there sure. you know? like <laughs> sure. like what, what is this moment like um yeah it's weird it's weird i, I mean the, the first day honestly i was like I was probably more nervous than I've been for like a first day of anything <laughs> since like kindergarten. That's so um, cute. Wow. Why? What made you nervous? I have no idea. Because you know all the people. So, right. So what are you nervous I about? I mean, I know the people. I know the space. I literally already had keys. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't even... Yeah, but half of the city of Chicago has keys to it. That is true. Please don't <laughs> I still have don't keys rob us. And, a, uh, and a Young Chicago authors.org email address and I haven't like actually worked there anymore. That's so. look, I got I got homies who have like crossed many state lines who still have <laughs> keys to YCA. So what's the new gig? Um so I am the director of national programs, which is uh a little weird. It's a little I mean it's it's interesting, right? It's, it's so it's it's in, in a lot of ways, like the thing about YCA for me is I've I've certainly been like an educator in that space. Um, but in a lot of ways I've got to exist as an artist there. Mm-hmm. And this is mm. a role where I'm kind of an administrator. Like, I'm organizing. I'm, like, building things. It's I'm like, like grant-writing adjacent. Well, yes and no. It's it's like it's like building curriculum, right. uh, designing events, like, talking to stakeholders. Writing Saying emails. words like yeah. stakeholders. <laughs> right. <laughs> writing emails. Meetings and stuff. So that is... So Being it's, in it's places where people aren't rhyming. Right. So it's a different... It's I'm in the same space, and I'm doing... a. You know, similar things with with the same people, but in some ways, it, I'm doing very different things too. As much cool. as much as you can say, any like apprehensions about it? Oh, what are you worried about right now? Mm. Yeah, other, I mean, other than the world, no, certainly, yeah, definitely. Like the job <laughs> is cool. The job is like the easiest thing. <laughs> yeah. That's like the easiest thing. Like as long as this check clears, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but probably the hardest th- or the the thing I, I think I worry worried worried most about is probably uh like making sure that I take time and am not there and like like where I, where I really have time that's like not sort of YCA adjacent mm-hmm. um cuz I think that can be so easy to do somewhere like there where a lot of the people who I work with I have really long standing relationships and they're friends of mine right but but make sure that I like I'm not always only hanging out with them or if we are hanging out a lot that it's not just like that everything isn't just a continuation of the workday that I'm not just like mm. on the clock. Right. And it's I mean, it's tricky, right? When the work is the art is the social life is right. the the day. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit, it's time to go to bed. And I've like been doing, quote, the work all day. Right. Yeah, your um, best friends and coworkers sh- should not always be the same people. Yes, <laughs> yes. Shout out to Brittany Blackhouse. <laughs> Yo, who is my office mate? Who I literally share. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but I want to just jumping back. You know, a year ago, literally this week, a year ago was oh, when dang. we did the okay. the infamous lost episode. The, the lost right? episode. First yeah. of all, have you ever seen me that mad before? When we so yo, that was wild. So a little backstory, basically. So it was the we was the fourth week of the show. Damon was out of town. I was like, it's all right. Nate is a friend. We'll go in. It'll be fine. I'll call in. He'll call in, which <laughs> has never even come close yeah, to WHBK, WHBK was made before phones. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to telegraph in his thoughts. It'll be perfect. But so we get up there. First of all, we can't get Dame on the phone. The thing doesn't work. Then I realize I forgot the aux cable because at that point, that was definitely your domain, Dame. Mm-hmm. We have a very big staff and team, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I bring the Oscar. But so that meant that we couldn't play music, and it was just the two of us. And it's 30 seconds before no, we, the show goes No, we could on. play music, but we could only play <laughs> records. Yeah. We could only actually play, like, actual vinyl. Which you they have, have a, bit, they have a big-ass the library, but that meant if one of us went to go get records, then there would only be one person on the radio, right. and you can't really have an interview with one person. Anyway, all that's to say... We did like an hour long straight of just talking, which was exhausting. And I was like <laughs> furious. And then we get to the end and here's the kicker. I look down and uh, none of it recorded. Just cussed <laughs> the loudest. I screamed just, cusses in just the radio yelled. station. Yeah. Have you ever seen me even close to that, Matt? Never. Never. <laughs> I, no. What? <laughs> but you've done, you've done so much since then and been yeah. in like, you know, at least three different transitional times and spaces that i've seen sure um yeah because this was before the book right yeah 
Yeah, this, around the same time. This no. was like the this was like right before the book. Yeah, like you, right before. You seem so. One of the things that I admire, Wild Hunters is what we're talking about. If you uh, ain't copped it yet, okay. you late. Wild Hunters, late uh, pass. <laughs> one of the things that I admire most with you is you're you seem so comfortable doing the next right thing. Like you come to these moments and you're comfortable making that decision and trusting in yourself and trusting in the world and in the work. Um, does that ring true? Like at each of those kind of decision moments, it seems like you know, even if you don't know what the right choice is, you know that you trust in yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's some of that. And I think it's also like, it's also a little bit of a dare, right? Mm. So for me, uh, the way that I think about how a lot of my life has been shaped is that I, I've... I've done things that people have often been like, that's not a good idea. <laughs> like, that's not a good use of your, like, skills and talents. And I've been like, yeah, sure. But I think this is, like, the thing I want to do. I think it's the place where I can help the most people. And I think it's um, the place where I'll grow the most. Mm. And so for me, that has sort of been the metric by which I make decisions. Um, and I've just kind of, like, bet on myself with it. I've just yeah. been like, okay, I, I'm going to let – the I'm gonna make this decision and let the world tell me this this isn't gonna work. And for a lot of the big things, that hasn't happened. I've, I've been I've been lucky or blessed or whatever in that respect. Do, so, do you feel like is there a lot of pressure involved with, with like kind of that trajectory? Because I, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think you have like fit the golden boy slot in a lot of different spaces, sure, right? Sure, sure, sure. And, and I've experienced that as well. And I, and I know how, like, burdensome that can be. Like, oh, if I fuck this up, right? Yeah. Like, all the people that, like, put, put all their hope and faith in me are going right. to be like, oh, man, you say, oh, you, you know. You was on one yeah, shot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, like, with that, do you, as you are continuing, mm-hmm. like, to make steps in multiple different directions, is there a pressure? Because you because you wear it very well. I think you, you. you both, like, uphold but also critique, like, the exceptional Negro, like, trope. very like openly so is there like a burden that you feel with that you kind of pass that at this point um i think that there's certainly like for me a responsibility to be mindful about the way i take up space and Mm -hmm. to um the there are moments when it's important for me to take up space and to like try and do that ethically and and do it in a way that that also like can give space to other people ultimately um but then a lot of times where I just where where really what I'm trying to do is just like get out the way, um, but I yeah there's definitely a, there's definitely a pressure there's there's definitely like yeah what do you think what do you think would have been the uh, like you mentioned those moments where someone's like oh why are you gonna do that you should go do this thing yeah what's the trajectory that you think if you had followed it basically what are the choices that people were like, pushing you to make oh man um, I'm guessing not spending a year teaching in Indiana yeah well yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that more so it was like not be a, an artist. Mm, um, mm. You know, like I think I, I think that there's definitely like an alternate universe where I'm like working a in D.C. somewhere or something. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like a lawyer. I'm working in D.C. I'm like about to run for alderman. Right, I'm like, right. you know, doing something like that. I think mm, I think I very easily could have done that stuff and urban league and been up. decent at it. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Right. I mean, in a lot of ways, I mean, before before we got on, we were sort of talking about uh, about like, so I'm in a fraternity, I'm in like a black fraternity. And, I, and that's a super interesting space mm. to me, right? Because it's this space like centered on black men and black men being together in a, in a really particular way. And for me, uh, it's, a, it's a really, in some ways, it's a deeply conservative space. Um, it's a deeply like respectable space. Um, you would be wearing a button down if we had gotten that right. What we right, right, now. right. But there, but there's also these ways in which it's mad subversive mm. um, and very beautiful, and also like really important. Um, so I think about all the time I'm entering spaces like that, where where the norm is or the expectation is to perform in these certain ways, um, and sometimes I do it, but but I, but I I think it's important for me to always be me and to be a, an increasingly like better version of myself. Mm-hmm. Regardless of like where I have to be or what those kinds of people do. So don't do you think that there's a whole bunch of like fifty-five to sixty year old men who like we judge the hell out of now who thought that exact same thing when they started entering those spaces? Oh, probably. Oh, most most definitely. Yeah, and it's yeah. like a death by a thousand cuts type situation where you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I'll give a little bit on the. I mean, it's the way I think about sure. like 
for lack of a better word, like Hollywood stuff, which we've talked a little bit, even on the show, but especially off, Dame, you and me, and actually with yeah. you too, about like, I have this ambition to be in that world and to have access to that. And I'm like, no, but I would be able to like, I would keep myself together. I would, right. I know who I am. And then I'm like, there's no way that in the hundred years of people making crappy shit that I now judge, right. they and weren't entering. Is that this same the question way. of how do people become whack? Because I would love basically to have, that's but, basically. But, but, the but it's also it's how also do you become like, like Bobby Rush, right? Like how do you go <laughs> right. from like being a panther, panther to, to being, being like, like Ramen Man? Right. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. Right. I mean, it's interesting, right? Because because some of it is like you know who you are, and mm -hmm. so like for someone like like Bobby, right? Like I'm sure that cat knows who he is, and, and and probably has not wavered off of that. But we don't know who he is, right? Mm. And that's like that's the the thing is like for especially when you're when you're producing whether it be it art or be it like policy or whatever like producing things for the world for a public um you'll have this really clear intention about what it is and what it means right. and how it fits into the over of right. you get your big game plan spelled right. out on Who the you table are. right but motherfuckers don't see that i don't know if i i'm assuming i can call <laughs> oh, we, oh, we curse we're, we're so far oh, yeah also but yeah like now we definitely <laughs> let's go <laughs> nigga we out here <laughs> Uh, niggas. <laughs> nigger, 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 nigger. That's actually allowed on the radio. Blow. Did you know that? that the I N word did. I allowed? did know that. It's one of the... Yeah. Go ahead. No. It's allowed. <laughs> <laughs> I know who I am. What's up, Post Loudness? We here. <laughs> Podcasters of color. Look out. All right, what, what were we talking I, about? I, I'm, I'm, did I'm you have a question? Because I, I did want to... You said something about like kind of that pool, probably from like the older respectable generation of mm -hmm. like art right like that might not be the most like pragmatic way to go and so i'm curious how that fits now into this new job where you are still highly connected to the art world sure. but moving from creator performer even teacher sure. to more curator administrator how, what, what does that mean for your vision as just for yourself as an artist do you, do you see your work being able to like blossom more or you're like putting it on the back burner intentionally mm. right now um i think that my work will be will be able to still have space and to blossom because number one, I think the job that I'm doing um, is enriched by by my identity as an artist, mm -hmm. right? So like the fact that people know, um, you know, what I do in the world, books I have, seeing videos on YouTube, whatever, gives me more credibility when I step in a room. Um, and also, I'm just now like I'm in one of the prime, probably the primary space for me. Um, that has like fed my art and been, yeah, and just been sort of a wellspring of inspiration and of kind of guidance, right? So, so I think even just being closer to that versus um, being in graduate school or being or like you know being at the small liberal arts college, which I got I got a lot of love for all those places, right? Mm -hmm. But they're not ultimately they're like not the spots that feed me. They train me in a particular way, and that and that training is important, mm -hmm. right? That that's crucial. But they're, but they're but they're not they're not home they're not the they're not like the community that i that i endeavor to build so since you've been back and i know even through all of those spaces you were back and forth in a way that like oh yeah was low-key insane but also necessary 65 percent of chicago has no idea i have not lived in <laughs> chicago ever <laughs> um but but now being back and I know you yeah, had a little time. I was, I was time. definitely on that tip when I was in school, too. I was home, like, every you second were or third week. <laughs> yeah. I was not out there. Yeah, and 65% of Grinnell didn't know you went there. <laughs> yeah. Not literally. Every semester, it'll be, like, the third week. And people are like, oh, I thought you transferred. <laughs> like, the beginning of, after every break. They're like, oh, I, I did not think you was coming back to this. <laughs> That's wild. But since you came back, uh, and, and you talk, I know you've had some time before mm -hmm. the job started. Have you been writing and how is the city looking different to you? Because you are so, you know, sure. place specific in your work. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I've been writing some. I haven't been writing a lot. Um, in some ways, what I've been doing artistically, which is really interesting, is I've been editing more, mm -hmm. right? So one of the things I'm editing, um, kind of finishing up now, is uh, Kevin Colville's next book, mm -hmm. which is called The People's History of Chicago. And it's literally like a kind of telling of the history. So it, so it, through poems, right? So it starts like with like before anyone gets here or, or before any of like the white settlers get here with the native people and the sort of native landscape. Like it's, it's kind of weird to like read Kevin like writing about flowers and shit. <laughs> um, but to that purpose, it makes sense, right? So then it goes he, from he had there. You spend a week in getting lost in the forest. Like <laughs> basically, basically yeah. right? Through, through like, through the formation of the city, like a lot of the kind of like major touchdowns and like some of his personal stuff so so it's actually been a really interesting mm. 
way to to come back to the city and then also like immerse myself in it in a in a particular mm. yeah. so but o- overall let's say not even just as an artist but in general um you know I, i've i think i've quoted this on the show if not i talk about it all the time off the show i read this book my senior year it doesn't matter if you talk about it off the show they don't know yeah no that <laughs> I, i'm actually silent the all the rest of the hours of the week i just save all my words for this it's real um but i talk a lot about this book so long see you tomorrow which i read my senior year which one of the lines in it Basically, it's a guy in his 70s, and he goes back to the town that he's from, and he's walking up the street he grew up on, and he says, even if everything looked exactly the same, it would still look different. Yeah. Um, are you finding that? Like, let's say going back to home, like literally to yeah. your street in the hundreds. Yeah. This is, uh, this is a very philosophical question. I mean, this is literally like my philosophy class, which was like, whatever, <laughs> in, in college, whatever. Um, <laughs> yes. I mean, certainly like stuff is different and, and it's those differences. Some of them I can chart, some of them I can sort of map out. And then some mm. are just like the nature of time and space and those. It, it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's definitely different, but it's all also so much the same too. Yeah. So what's physically, I, I want to stand this for one second. Just be, sure. the reason why sure. this even comes to mind is because like, I love the specificity of your writing that mm-hmm. to me, that's what like even though I'm not from that street. That's why I think so many people connect with it. It's because it is this place-based, very specific sure. thing. Um, and it's a celebration of those spe- specifics. Literally, what has physically changed in your neighborhood where you grew up? Uh, the biggest things that I can think about in terms of my neighborhood. So on 115th between Halstead and Morgan, um, there used to be like a bit, there was the Halstead Indoor Mini Mall. There's a whole big Marta thing. So it's Halstead mm-hmm. Indoor Mini Mall, like a Foot Locker, a place called OK Shoes, which I thought was a hilarious name as a young person. They're like, eh, Team Jordans. Um, right. It was like, hey, you know, these are decent. Um, there Copy was Pumas. a beauty supply and then like the Jewel, the Jewel Osco mm-hmm. where, we, where we went to. And all that is gone. Like mm-hmm. that. So I think the, the part that was Jewel is still there, but it's closed, boarded up, like yeah. stuff, letters pulled down. Um it's interesting. I keep I keep like posting it every time I, I go back home. I post it on Instagram, kind of trying to like be like, "Hey, friends of mine that are graffiti writers, there's this humongous <laughs> wall that no one seems to be paying attention to." <laughs> so who knows? But um, so that has changed. There was also like a big, um, I mean, kind of deindustrialization. So there was like a mm-hmm. um, there used to be a, a like a freight. Uh, what do you call them things? The uh, like a sixteen wheeler kind of place, yeah, yeah. like that, a where they sh- they ship center, out of, yeah. right? Yeah. So there was a place right across the street from from the Jewel and the Mini Mall and all that. That place is torn down, so that's gone. Um, those are the two big things. Yeah. A lot of the liquor stores are gone. Mm, that's interesting. Um, that's surprising. It is. It is. I don't, and I don't really know why. Yeah. But yeah, like one of them is now like a I think like a family health center or some sort of family center. So what, what uh, corners of the neighborhood have you not figured out how to write about yet? And it could be physical oh. or, or just like in general. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I mean, there are some things I think in terms of like really sort of close interpersonal like interactions that I've had with people. Mm. Um, and some of that I don't exactly know like how or not that I don't know how to write about it, but. I kind of don't. I don't like those poems aren't only mine, which I which I often feel about poems, right? So there's there's like there's like a poem or two in the book that literally like I uh, like I sent to people and been been like, yo, I wrote this. It, it's kind of like about you or implicates you or like whatever. Here, did you ask for? But you're not asking for permission. Explicitly. Well, yeah, no, I would I would ask for permission. I would just be like, what do you think of this? Like, a, yeah. you know, is this cool? And you, it was it was always like, yeah, for sure. Mm. I want to talk just abruptly. Yeah. How many Harold's pieces are in the book? Is it four? So in the book, I think in the book there's three. There's, there's a lot three. more. But there's a whole. But like, I think there's three in the I think right. three made the book. All right. So I don't even want to talk about the poetry. When you, when you, or are you a six piece or a four piece guy? Oh man. I'm a, you know, I'm a six piece guy, you know, by tradition. <laughs> um, I, I be trying to be a four piece dude Word. just, you know, on some like. How, how do, how do you know. how do you feel about the coleslaw? I, no, I, who the fuck eats you. the coleslaw? Thank you. That's what Literally. Bobby eat the coleslaw. And we got Jennifer over here. That's, in the back. Shout out Jennifer. She's a. I always throw her my coleslaw. That's gross. It is. 
But isn't it good to have someone to give the coleslaw to? You know, it is. That's what we're all looking for. You know, actually, I I want to say that page. Because guess what? Guess what? Because she doesn't eat the bread, so she gives me the bread. I give her the coleslaw. It's like that's weird. Match made in heaven. That's very. That's very. It's weird to not eat the bread. Yeah. Right. It's very cute. Right. All right. Last. Last. Then we can we can move. Do you are you soggy with the sauce, or do you still like some crunch on your fries? You still like your bread to be dry? Because I believe that. The entire like my car should be filled with miles. Like, <laughs> Damn! Like I don't think I don't, okay. Like I would like it on my shoelaces. Like it should be everywhere. This is an important I question. Actually, have to swim. in your hair. Are you just wanting the flavor, or do you are you like a? I think that it's kind of yes and okay. Right? All right. So everything should be fried so fucking hard that it's like. It can withstand that. It's just <laughs> that it's hard. That it's like brittle, right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, but. Yeah, but I still want hella sauce. Yeah. Like I, I want hella sauce. No, that makes sense. Um, you mentioned, and we don't nah, have we, to talk we, about this. I'll cut it if you don't want to go down this route. But you mentioned Paige. Oh, I think man. we're getting into the gossip section. Of oh, no. You did um, open the door. Oh, I did. You I, did I, I didn't even mean to play. Hey, man. <laughs> okay, hey, man. And I can, hey, if you don't, hey, if it's not public, hey, let's we go. No, it, hey, man. Hey, but you have a very special so person. Uh, yeah, you know, I got a person. Uh, yeah, she good. And she's like... Like the, the rawest person, person I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she's she's dope. She's, she's very good. right outside. We're ending this episode. Actually, she was supposed to record the one right after this. Oh snap! With us, but she canceled. Well, hey. So I'm glad she you could be here. She was gonna be here. Yeah. Right. Probably. She was like, <laughs> uh, I'm busy that day. <laughs> but uh, seriously though, like, how has uh, like being with a dope ass person been? Not a knock at the other people you've been with. Right. 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 Um, it's really cool. It, it it's dope. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have no like what's have, what's changing. Like, what is changing? Um, I mean, she's she's definitely she's a person that I learn a lot from. I think the other thing that I that I think is really or that I really like about her that's very different from a lot of other relationships I had is that we don't. How can I say this? We don't really do things together. <laughs> like, like you know what I mean? Like we can't. You know how like sometimes you're like you you're like watch a movie mm-hmm. like y'all like have a show and you like follow that show yeah. together with, with your partner or whatever we don't really do th- we we will like both be watching a show <laughs> but we can't we can, we don't really do it together and i think it's just because we we really just like sit around and like talk or don't but we kind of are just yeah no, together cool. but the that, comfortable silences are yeah like, that's a good sign but that uh yeah she's dope it's also the first time uh it's kind of the first time in my life which I think is, which I really like, where um, I think I have a similar experience. Um, I have a similar experience to like probably what a lot of my partners have had, mm. where I'm like, where people are like, oh, oh, like I know, have you ever heard of this person, Paige May? Da 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 da. Who wiped them? She's so dope, and I'm like, she is right, and I and I feel like I feel like a lot of, <laughs> I like a, a, like. I think that it's some. It's not, not something that that, I, that I'm proud of, or that I think is particularly cool. But I think something that's interesting for me is that I, I think that often in my in my romantic life, um, I've been in partnerships where the other person was mm. Nate's girlfriend, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and not just not just like amongst like me and my friends, but just in the because I because I have like some somewhat right. of a public profile, and I can take up a lot of space in certain spaces. So I really actually like that often I'm. Uh, they're like, oh yeah, that's pages, whomever, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's that this dude. Is, this is fun. Him I, I love how like awkward this is. So Daniel like, yeah, really wants to like talk about people's love lives. Like, he every, really does every week. No, no not like when really, have I ever really, brought this up before? You always say like, I would love. To oh have no, these conversations. I love it. Yeah. Whenever someone opens the door, right. you definitely like no, dive into it. I don't great. know how to do Let's it. Let's do it. But like, I just like the, the. I would love to have a conversation about this conversation. Yeah. Like, how right. do you talk to somebody? About this, something so, so per- personal and like vulnerable, right? Sure. Like, so here's the th- first of all, I just think it's important. I think we spend a little bit, we have to balance, and this is getting very meta since we're talking <laughs> about the show on the show, but I think it's good to like balance talking about the world with people and then also talking about that person with that person and sure. then sharing it with the world because that's, I think, also part of what we do. Um, and I also think like it tie, it all connects because. Everything we're doing is about connecting the personal to the political and the way that like as people who are being very intentional about damn near everything. Sure. Like we're the process of embodiment, basically, like we're actually trying to put these things into practice. And I know we've 
Nate, we've spent a lot of time together. Just in cars. Yeah, talk, but talking specifically like, about yes. masculinity. Yeah. And talking about like how this stuff, how we're all learning how to play this stuff out sure. in ways that actually embodies the things we're learning. That's actually in this, in, usually I'm just trying to get that hot gossip. But in this instance, <laughs> that's why I asked because I've seen... I've seen you learning simultaneously that I've been learning as mm -hmm. I've been learning and those conversations have been very helpful for me. So I'm curious, like right now, how are you feeling in being a man? <laughs> like, where are you at right now? Mm. Cause you know, I've, we've been at different places talking in those cars, mm -hmm. driving between random ass gigs. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I think right now is like, not a in some ways a hard time, and I think it's sort of like the uh, it's like some male guilt, or, or, mm -hmm. not, or not even guilt, but just like seeing um, seeing the ways in which uh, masculinity has and continues to be such a persistent force of like violence and evil in the world, and wondering if like if there's a way out, like if there mm -hmm. are ways for us to imagine. Uh, for us to to imagine it in a way that doesn't look like that. And this is like, something like, is it inherently violent? Right. right. And that's a question. That right. I, I, I sometimes I just think, yeah, like right. I think it was created in right. the well, name of And then there's also, we're getting very kind of, I'm getting lofty, but like the sub yeah. masculinity and patriarchy being two different things sure. as well. And then, I mean, so this is something I think about on the daily, like first off, because I inhabit the body I inhabit and I like, move in space how I move but and also what a because, body it is hey <laughs> hey you know what I'm saying you know what I'm saying look listen to but see even there there it is I just, yeah, just dropped yeah, back yeah. and for some reason that's the voice that's that's like right but so so the hey, partner, it's just like 30% right. of you is that voice right what's that bad but I teach I teach last year full time but now once a week um, at Wabash College which is a liberal arts college for men in Indiana. So 900 dudes like in a cornfield and like professors. And that's kind of like <laughs> what intense. it is. So I stay, so I stay thinking about it because oh my God. that's such a different classroom. That's such a different classroom than like, I'm just thinking most how, how much more I would have hated college. If right. it was just, dudes. <laughs> right. Like, I, uh, right. Everybody listens to the show knows I fucking hated my school, but oh my God, right. I'm just now like, whoa. That's going to be really good. Shout out to Emmanuel, him. who I know is going to check yeah. this out. He, he One really of the biggest is. Ergo fans ever. Yes. He's out there thugging it. Well, so, no, so, no. so right now, Let's he's, talk about he's chilling because he's in Guatemala. <laughs> Or something. Oh, okay, like right, just right. dropping the fire the Facebook, revolution looking at all, right. all the curves and shit. right he's, he's, he's like Facebook socialismo as <laughs> bueno but yeah 900 dudes and professors yeah. right so Yo, like in indiana the, i mean the, the thing about that which which is something I, i've always i've always been someone that when i was teaching or when i was designing courses i always wanted like you know to represent many genders and to, and to like have a spectrum diverse right yeah. to, right just to, to be diverse in what i'm teaching and how i'm teaching it um, but I think you don't teach at a place like that and be sort of relatively awake and paying attention and not kind of become like a, like a, an amateur feminist scholar if yeah. you're not a professional <laughs> one, you know what I mean? So like the, uh, like last semester, um, I taught a class that was, uh, just multicultural women poets and it wasn't a class I had planned to teach, but I was like, damn, okay, we out here in this cornfield. It's me and all these dudes, a lot of them is white dudes from like wherever the hell in Indiana. What will they not, what can they only get from probably there. from me yeah. that they're yeah. not going to get elsewhere in their education? I'm like, well, look, we're just going to start at Phyllis Wheatley and work our way yeah. up. Because <laughs> otherwise, like. Yeah. You getting a lot of pushback or do you think you, um, you've, you've, you've shaped it to be able to do it comfortably? I, you know, certainly I, there are certainly moments when I can tell things are challenging for, for my students, right? So, like, right now I'm teaching this history. I'm co-teaching a class history and politics of hip-hop, right? Mm. And so now we're, like, setting. So Monday I, I lectured, and it was all about the black arts movement, mm. right? Um, and I can certainly tell in that class that there are kids that are, like, deeply uncomfortable <laughs> that are, like, you know, that. In you know, the hip-hop class. Right, <laughs> right. And he, so these are the kids that opted in, right? right. These are the kids that, like. That were like, okay, yeah, I'll do this, right? And same with the, with like the multicultural right. woman class. They're, they're, so I, there's discomfort, but I think that the students uh, 
I don't know if it's that they trust me or if they are like just really uh if they just defer or if I'm just charismatic. Do, but, do but they know who you are? They get it. Um, what do you, what the hell you mean? Like, I mean, you know, like no, you just no. said, you, 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 you know, yeah. <laughs> but like you just said, you know, you, you, you've lived, I mean, it's going on like 10 years now. You've had a public platform. Are they aware of that? Or are you just, that, um, like, professor? no, some, yeah, some are. And it's always, that's always weird. Uh, so like there, there have been, uh, kids that I've had students be like, yo, so, I watched this movie yeah, in, the in high school <laughs> called Louder Than a Bomb. Is that you? <laughs> um, or, you know, and certainly like a lot of them like are aware of my book and mm-hmm. this and that. Y- yeah. So, yeah, they they are. Uh, ha- have you have you outlived the movie yet? Have you have you outgrown it, I should say? Because like mm. I know how I, I, I have right. similar experiences like being young in like right. certain platforms that like. Right. And that joint was so huge. And since it was an educational tool, right? Like right. it was almost mandated for thousands of kids. Right. I've still it. never seen it. That's, that's crazy. I refuse to watch it. <laughs> Good. Yeah. It would be Good. so weird to watch it now. That's, like, see, that's yeah. why. It's you're Adam the, is Nate. They're like 15. Yeah. So I kind of think you should watch it now it's, just because. You're the only, Dave, you're the only person who's ever made that connection. That the reason I don't, it's not just like a joke. It's because like. It's really weird. Yeah. I know you as this person. We've spent like. In the past year, since we sat and did that lost episode, we've spent a lot of time together. Yeah. We've made a lot of things together. Yeah, I don't really necessarily want to be colored by yeah. seeing so it that way. It was crazy because I didn't see it till like a year ago in Ferguson. Like, That's weird. Like, yeah, like I didn't watch it like the first. Five. I had missed it. You know, I was like who, I know, I, I get it. You know who <laughs> never watched it? Uh, Brittany Black Rose. <laughs> really, it was really funny seeing her like in the crowd, like hugging people. She was like so yeah. nice as, as a high school. She, yeah, oh, it was because so it's your equivalent of you making her listen to your mixtape. Basically, she's, she's <laughs> like, there. she's like Nate. I'm not listening to your mixtape. I was there. I'm like, okay, that's but, fair. But going back to Wabash for one sec, yeah. one of the things that we've talked about is the beyond the that hesitation or that you know that challenge for folks sitting in that room. Some of the unique potential of being in an all male space. Sure. Uh, in terms of like, I'm sorry to interrupt. There's yeah, like Velcro that my hair keeps getting stuck in. Oh, and I just don't anymore. want this to be like allowed. This so yeah. It's a good right. thing we're not doing a live. All right, that. all right. There we go. Now y'all can check it out. You they clearly built this yes. space. Let's for, go uh, for white Bang. people. We're ready. Um, the whites. <laughs> the whites. I might leave that in. But <laughs> but you talked a little bit about the unique potential yeah. of having a room full of male yeah. identified folks talking about these things. What was what? what first of all, what did you mean by that? Because it's something that really stuck with me. Sure. Um, and, and were there any moments that you feel like you got to a place that was kind of unique, or that you were grateful to be in the room for? Oh, definitely. Right. So I think the thing about it, especially when so when it's just me teaching and we don't have any sort of visitors or anything like that, um, it's a room of a hundred percent men, um, which means that often young men will say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kinds of stupid or naive or vulnerable things that otherwise they like the, they would just be silent in their classroom. Right. They, they would be more passive in their education if they were elsewhere. Um, so in a, in a lot of ways, I really actually like that moment where yeah. like the kid can say the 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 dumb thing that they would that know they believe. that they believe, but yeah. that they would know better than to say in oh, front man. of a woman because they. They know it's, to yeah, it's a be, bad be friends yeah. with her or sleep with her or just not right. They just know it's not socially acceptable, right? Right. Um, I like that they w- will say. Th- I don't. I mean, I don't like that they'll say. Th- but I, I, I appreciate, appreciate that yeah. moment because um, it's such a good teachable moment. It's, it's such a good moment to be able to like slow down and be like, okay, word, right? Like let's let's start there because the odds are if they're saying it in that moment, most of the other people in the room have heard it and thought it before, right? And and that means and also it means that this it's the most like sanitized version of. It. I mean, in some ways, right? There, there's a lot of things that I actually do in my classrooms that is really intentional, and I don't know that most people probably don't realize it. But like for example, right? Um, I don't. I, I like you know. I, actually, at this point, I really don't dress up. I like wear something with a collar, but like I wear jeans or whatever, whatever. Um, but I like cuss a lot in class. I like I like do certain things that I think feel atypical in some mm-hmm. ways i play music before often like at the beginning and ends of classes even if even if music isn't like a part of only your music though correct class. <laughs> only my own mix yelp where we at oh uh, we out here where boy. are we <laughs> literally no but um but i but i do that stuff to to like elicit a kind of comfort in them and also because i know like i'm young and i, I like am much younger than 
all of their other professors. Um, so there's ways in which like it makes them even more comfortable with me mm-hmm. to where it kind of feels like, oh, this is my homie. And then right. I can kind of trap them. Hit them with the intellectual like, okie doke there. That's pretty right. good. Like, yeah. yeah, that's right. And I don't know if you want to put any, it's not, I guess, putting on yeah. blast, but like any examples of this? Mm, that's a good question. You, um, Trevor. You did it. <laughs> that's right. That's right, Trevor. I don't, have I had any students named Trevor? I don't think so. But um, if you did, he wasn't particularly memorable, apparently. Right, apparently. I hope, I hope that was. Trevor's going to be like, damn, Mr. Marshall, I thought right, he was cool. Right. <laughs> Trevor, thank you for listening. Um, okay, so for example, right, like there, like uh, in my comp class, uh, the the like primary text was Bad Feminist. This book of essays by Roxane, Roxane Gay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and initially, like we when I when I like first day, we we do the thing, right? We like hand out the syllabus, and it's like, oh, da da da, me professor, da da da, um, and they're like, what what is this book? Why? Like, and I I would often be like soliciting their reactions mm-hmm. right. to what it even meant to read a book. <laughs> called Bad Feminist. Um, and they were kind of like, th- there were some of them that were like st- straight up kind of pissed at me. And, and also like, it was English 101, so it's like the class they had to take. They, did, they right. like didn't choose it at all. Um, but to see them over the course of the semester be like, yo, what she's saying is actually sort of interesting, <laughs> right? Or, or I mean, a, a great one is like teaching uh, in like an intro to so short fiction class, teaching Juno Diaz, uh, because some of his characters are so deeply misogynistic mm. and then to uh but then to say like and, and the guys will like laugh they love they love his shit right they love like right. like young dudes love Juno Diaz because he just because he wild because he just sounds like and he like captures that voice so well yeah right and so then they they'll be like well you know that is that is how how these so so on and so forth be and then I'm like but is it but or the, or then you're like <laughs> you're the you're at the point where it's like isn't actually Junior the character being like sexually abused in this? Right. Like, let's actually like unpack the the like the trauma that's happening um, that 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 Junior is inflicting on on women and on other people in his space, but also that's being inflicted upon him. So, who taught you to teach? Oh, damn! Because you didn't. I mean, I'm guessing there were some professors in there, right? The folks at YCA do some of these things, but they're also not in traditional education. You know, alternative education spaces, ring the bell, take a drink, because it comes up every episode. But yeah. Um, Who taught me to teach? Uh, My grandmother was a a high school librarian and a high school teacher for Mm -hmm. like 30 years. So that was really like my first teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, And the first person who would kind of like let me say anything, read anything, like think anything, um, and encourage that. So my grandma... um, and then I, I think just having good teachers, right? mm. having good teachers in terms of like my training. Um, I come, I've, I've been around YCA for like a thousand years, right? So when I actually sort of came through and started teaching, um, there wasn't a teaching artist core. It was, it, it was structured very differently. So the way that I first started actually like going into classrooms and, and teaching with that organization, it was, I would go into classrooms with like Kevin Colville and Avery R. Young um, shout out, shout out. And like Sage Morgan Hubbard and a bunch of people. And I would just sit and watch them. I would just like like mm. help them pass out papers. Yeah. And then eventually it'd be like, okay, yeah, Nate, you you know this lesson that we fin- you you run this part. And then it'd be like, then I was team teaching with people and then I'd have my own classrooms. But it was a for me, it was a lot of like teaching was a lot of trying and failing. Like my freshman year of college, I taught a drop-in workshop at a library in East Nashville and it was probably fucking terrible. Mm. It was probably like very bad. But That's interesting. So some of it is just also timeline-wise, right? Like you, your freshman year decided I'm going to go teach a drop-in workshop. Uh, I don't know. I think because that line that you always get from people where they always think you're older than you are and all that right. stuff, which was my reaction initially right. as well. Um I'm trying to figure out like why that is because I don't think you're like inherently like the that phrase of like an old soul. It, that's not what it is, right? It's something right. different than that. Who's gonna make the joke? Do I have to do it? I was it, holding back. You gonna uh, do it? Go ahead. I, good, you take it. 
Hey, you got it. You can't make him make the joke. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna you, like. You do it. You do it. Criminate myself. It's it's the ball thing. Well, like, the I, 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 I want to okay, have a real conversation. No, that's I, fair. That's, an that's identity fair. Thing. I think we should. That's ref- fair. I think we should reflect on this, and that'll be easier to do in the reflection for <laughs> <Sure>. the <end. laughs> Okay. Oh, Ooh, very good. There it, very Folks, good. we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done. No, nah, but I do whatever. Like, I yeah. think it, I think it gets like no, talked sure. about in just a lot. It's something you own very well, but it's like. It was kind of like one of the first things like sure. I heard or saw about you, like people making fun of you being bald sure. at, a, at a young age. But sure. it also adds the like distinguished. Sure. But no, sure. just even beyond the bone, like it connects to this thing of right. like you are in spaces with expectations on you that are usually for older folks. Yeah. You rise to them really amazingly. But publish books. But yeah, like where, <laughs> where does that come from? And are you ever like... Does that ever? Where's, I hear it skips a, a generation. Is there an insecurity it, it in it too? Oh damn! Sorry, I jumped. I stepped right on your joke. <laughs> but yeah, is there an insecurity that goes? Um, I don't. I honestly don't really know. I I think some of it probably comes from just like having older sisters, mm. um, and kind of like being. In a lot of ways, I think I was socialized by older people. So like, even as a shorty, like my best friends in the neighborhood were like when I was like. 11, 12, 13, they were like in high school, like 16 up in high school, whatever, whatever. Um, so some of it was just that. It's just I just had to like kind of get along or like right. get that ass beat. Um, so that was, I think that, so I think that's part of it. Um, and, I, I, you know, in terms of like insecurity about it, yes. I mean, I think all the time I feel, I feel like I shouldn't be, in a particular pl- the, the, what is it called imposter syndrome I feel yeah. like I haven't read enough I haven't done enough I haven't lived enough and I have a lot of friends that like that keep me on my toes or where where I I look at things they're doing and I'm like damn did I play myself um, mm-hmm. y- you know for whatever reason hmm. right yeah I think so imposter syndrome has come up ooh, imposter syndrome has come up before but I don't think we really defined it and it's an idea that when someone explained it to me like a hell of a lot of shit clicked for right. me. Um, I think it's like worth taking a second to define yeah. it. So basically, this is the way I, I get it, is it's that feeling of like, oh, I'm about to be found out for being a fraud and being here right. and like someone's going to realize that I shouldn't have access or I shouldn't have this job or I shouldn't be in this place and I'm just a fraud basically overall. Yeah, so one of the... Uh this this is like a little boring, but it's fine. One of one of the um, sorry, everyone turned it off by now. We got the ball joke in. They called it. They're like, okay, we're good. Um, one of the things that really made me feel better about that was in when I was in graduate school. Uh, this poet Philip Levine, who's like a very sort of famous poet, um, has a, a Jew. I think so. He's a Jew. Yeah, it's Philip so. Levine. Get out yeah. of here. Uh, he's he's uh, from, but he's, <laughs> he's from he's from Detroit. His his sort of famous <laughs> book is uh, called What Work Is Right. Um, and he's like, he was like 90 something at this point. The, the nigga dead now. <laughs> RIP, RIP, all due respect. Um, We're going to pour out a little manish at this point. <laughs> but, wow, that was very Jewish. Um, oh, but yes, that was ready to go. I remember when uh, he was talking to us, we were having like a Q&A and he, and he essentially was like, yeah, I feel that all day. And I'm like, this nigga's like 90. Yeah. <laughs> he's been the poet laureate of the US. He's taught wherever he wanted to. Yeah done whatever he wanted and he's to actually died. right like worked like like worked in fucking factories yeah. and then was like actually i'm gonna like be a poet and made that shit like pop and whatever you know so like you know and also he has like the power and force of like being a white man in the world behind him so i'm like if that cat feels it oh okay cool like i'll be straight it's like a part of the human guy. right it's just right it's just it's like nothing i can i just got to get comfortable with it because it's just yeah. my roommate the, the, kind of the, the whole interview is kind of like circled around this idea of like coming of age for you sure you know we, we didn't do a lot of like the introductory like background type things because sure. we know you and this is like round two but sure, no sure, one sure. heard that one <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what's kind of interesting as we're talking about like this age perception is that i think a lot you got a lot of your footing like kind of being the prodigy right or like yeah you know you're I, I yeah. don't know how much younger you are than Avery and them, but like you're younger than them. Oh yeah. And now you are, you know, coming to age, and, and you, not only do you have peers, but you have people who've come up under you, sure. and like you also have this big homie status. Are you are you feeling comfortable? Right. Like you are actually. It's interesting because like all the people we have on the show, I like kind of call my friend. You know, and like mm-hmm. you were like the 
before I ever like wrote down anything. You were like one of the first people I met. You were like still in school. You were mm-hmm. still in Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. And so like you are somebody that I like look up to, right? And like you have a generation of sure. folks that like call you uncle and stuff at YC. How does sure, that sure, feel sure. to like have gone from uh, the man. kid to the the big guy? I really love it. Honestly, I mean, I think it's like I think it's kind of one of the reasons why I teach and why like um, I don't know that I'll always necessarily teach or like always be like someone's professor or something like that. But I always, what is always important to me is like working with young people and, and also just and not even necessarily like young, like people young in age, but also but just being someone that can help facilitate folks' development. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm like super comfortable with it. I mean, also I am actually people's what, uncle. Yeah, so. what, what, yeah, true. It's, true, also, true. You are it's like, fine. You are a very proud uncle. What's like the your yeah. favorite? part of that or like are they like awkward moments I'm like mm. damn I'm like they like ask me for permission or something like that you like, ever run into someone when you're mad drunk right right mm. or it's like oh damn are you 19 or are you 22 like yeah. <laughs> right no I have like I'm like hyper aware of how old everyone around me is which is I think a, mm. a, an important skill to have when working in like working with young people um, not not you know, in a way to like be ages to like sun them, but just to be able to uh, to be able to like facilitate and establish some boundaries too, right? Which is hard. Also, I mean, like a regular classroom, those boundaries are built in, right? And then you can like work to erase them. But in like a YCA room, you're saying, "Fuck all those. Right. We're gonna make our own." But maybe we should figure out some right. ways to draw some lines. <laughs> right. Well, it's it, right, and it's like it's a democratic space, but also that doesn't mean that like like we don't all have the same relationship. You mm-hmm. ready for this link? I'm about to do something big. So I'm thinking about that process of imagining new guidelines, new rules sure. in a democratic space. Freedom Square being Blau. a space where that needed to happen. Blau. Um, and that was kind of the process and an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that was, or one of the reasons why I'm really glad that we're talking now mm-hmm. um, is because in those first couple of days, you know, when you were out there, yeah, and, and we spent a lot of time talking. Um, yeah. And there was some some guidance and some wisdom. Like basically, I started looking at you because it seemed like you understood some shit. Yeah. <laughs> that, it, which was none of us had ever done any of that right. before. But there were certain ways that you were able to like say, "This is how this works," or "This is how this could work." Let's see three steps ahead. Like it's a certain kind of intelligence and thinking. Um, and it's not that it's better or worse, but it was needed then. Hmm. Uh, and part of what came up was you talking about, uh, and this is a bigger conversation, like in the organizing world, which, you know, you are in and out in, in different ways, sure. uh, you know, people not being from here or not understanding the way things get done in this city. Um, are, are there any, like, just from whether it's that experience out there or just in general, like, where are you seeing places that people could learn from what other people have done before or like the way things are working around them hmm. like just some of the ideas actually that you have told sure me. sure yeah. sure i mean so for me uh i think i think a lot about like politics like in terms of like like actual like political office um mm-hmm. because i was sort of trained in that way like my dad was a precinct captain when i was coming up um i like campaigned for you know, a bunch of these like democratic mugs Indeed. like on the south side in the south suburbs. Um I, you mayor twenty thirty two. Nah, we're good. We're 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 good. I I, I cuss way too much, way too publicly. <laughs> actually actually that's not the thing yeah, that's, that's gonna say, the problem. Yeah, but I I definitely like drink too much dark liquor like on public ways. <laughs> I think you care too much is the problem. Also that. Also that also yeah. like nah we're good. Anyway, but yeah. Um but the but the thing about that is like it it kind of teach it taught me at a really young age about how personal politics was mm. um about how how much it's about like oh like that's miss jones she is old and her sons don't live at home anymore let's like take out her trash um and that enables and that enables her to like not have that on her head so then she can think about and care about like higher order mm. that, you know like just just yeah. high higher order shit right um, so that, yeah, I mean, like, there's a uh, there's a really great not to like plug another podcast is strange, but um, this American Life has an, has a really old episode about Harold Washington, mm. and sort of from that episode, I learned a ton 
Um, and I stay learning. I stay, I stay like studying the life and times of Harold Washington. Um, but I think that there, there are ways in which um, you have to enable people to, to have imagination. Right. Mm. And I think that is some, something that sometimes um, organizers struggle with because they've already gotten there. They've, they already like are in the place where, where they're imagining a different world and, and working to make it happen. So they, they kind of don't understand, aside from political education, what are like, uh, what are the basic needs that need to be met or, or like the basic things that need to be addressed um, in order for people to be able to have an imagination. And even if they understand them, those things aren't as sexy or as fun to do. Right. Because like my, my, like my, my older sister uh, fucking hates the police. But if some shit pops off where she really needs help, you know what she's going to call? The police. You know why? Because she, like, she doesn't yet have the resources to imagine mm-hmm. A space outside of that right right so it's actually not it's not i don't want to say it's not fair but it's not realistic to it to to expect that she do that yeah yeah no it's it's it, i mean that's something even before like doing it on the corner on the west side but like that's something before that that personally i think i think it's something limited in the movement but i think we know that that is even from a point of privilege sure. to say that like i don't want to deal with the police sure or i'm not going to call the police right hell yeah um Especially when they, you know, when harm is is more frequent and more physical and more material. Yep. Right. Um, and, and, and it's something I struggle with because people ask the question because I say like, get rid of the police. Like, what's the answer? Like, I don't have the answer right now. We would right. be gone if I if we right. had like, well, someone stole my car last week. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and like, what do you deal with that? Or, or, you know, there's no way to protect yourself if there's not a police report. Right. Like, right. if there's a crash. Like, and, and so these are like very difficult past political like human questions of how do we build something else to deal with just harm right uh especially in places where uh access to privilege and access to resources um is most scarce or most like prohibited um so yeah there there really is no question that that was just kind of like reflection yeah Um, that shit is hard but it needs to it's really hard and it starts with the like with the personal yeah but it's like okay like you know what people call like they're all like you know like we we talk I talk tall shit about these aldermen because they deserve suck. it. Suck. We've right. we've sat in a meeting with an alderman together. It was right. one of my favorite right. experiences. And I mean, they're sit they're sitting here like backing blue lives bills yeah. and like giving giving Rom like carte blanche to like yeah. fuck up the city and being silent about teachers and being like complicit in so much evil shit. Yeah. But the thing about it is, if you ever actually sit in an alderman's office, do you know what people call them for? They're garbage. They call them for trash removal, <laughs> snow removal, and like a tree needs to get cut down. They call them for literally the most basic shit, like mm. public way shit, right? So like, pe- like, and that's because that's the stuff that impacts people's like everyday ability to be able to like live right. like a decent, like a halfway decent life. Right. So, and that's the, that's the pipeline. And that's not an inherently harmful pipeline. Like right. there should be someone in public office serving those Right. Those roles. So to your point that you've said, I keep talking about conversations we had off mic just because it's <laughs> like, it's obviously. Right. I mean, this is just me. a continuation. Y'all are just listening in on like. <laughs> I feel like we should be driving through like Michigan to some gigs somewhere. Let's talk about that. Let's though. do it. Like, Ooh, real yeah. quick. Like, why did y'all drive so many cars? Oh, basically. So I'm the tour manager and tour DJ for the Breakbeat Poets, which you should still get. It's still on sale. It's the cover's uh, still raw as fuck. It's true. You should also still bring us to your campus. We're doing a whole bunch more schools. Yeah. Uh, like in a in a week and a half, which I'm really excited That's for. Right. Um, any uh any really funny tour stories, Nate? Oh no. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Not None I'm telling bit. order wax. <laughs> Nothing particularly no. horrible is happening. Um yeah, actually, you know, life is horrible. Um, what was, I don't know if there. <laughs> you need any to get on the funny, road, Dave. <laughs> are, are there any funny tour stories? Uh, Indiana was pretty funny. Indiana was the food was incredible. Yeah, that was super random. It, why was Indiana funny? What well, just because we okay? So Nate and another breakbeat poet and I, we had a gig that literally took thirty five minutes. Yeah. Nobody showed up. We got paid a shit ton of money. It was great. It was such a good gig. It was great, but it was it was crazy because like twenty people came, but like twelve of them bought books. <laughs> yeah. Was so so I was so like we actually like sold almost all the books we had. I was like, this is this is what I want every gig. And to then do. we were just out of town. <laughs> right. But then we went and we got very very drunk. Did we? Yeah, we got. And so this is what the funny part Dang. is not that we got drunk. We did the get drunk. The funny part is that we both had a 6 a.m. flight the next day. Yes. It must have been a good drunk, too, because yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> we woke up. The alarms were set. Both of us set alarms, and we both slept straight through them. And we woke up literally an hour before the plane took off. Word. And 
You sound like you don't remember any I have of this. No recoll- like I have zero movie. recollection. He said four. I, I remember. I remember the show, and I remember the the like bar that lo- was looked very sketchy where we ate, but the food yeah. was actually incredible. So and I don't remember shit happening. We got to the airport twenty minutes before the flights did, and that was also like tour manager Daniel Freak. Like I don't know if you know this about me. I do. I'm particularly detailed oriented yes, when it comes yes, to yes, things yes. like that. Um, but we made our flights and we made it through. Yes. But what's been fun about traveling with that book? Um. You know, it's just the kind of conversations that I get to have. And I think like even getting the thing that I really that I think is really important and really dope about like breakbeat poets or like hip hop poetics um, sort of more broadly is it's an opportunity for people to understand the intellectual rigor that exists in hip hop culture mm-hmm. mm. um, and, and, and by proxy like that exists in urban culture amongst black folks and brown folks. Um, amongst people who we don't think of as like intellectuals, quote unquote. Mm. So I, I I love like seeing people's imagination stretch for who gets to be a part of that. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I I don't know. Like I, the, my favorite my favorite question is like I've had this happen a bunch of times on the road and like digitally is people be like, yo, like, am I a breakbeat poet? Can I be a breakbeat poet? <laughs> like, what's and I'm like, yeah, all y'all. <laughs> Everybody, it's like fucking Wu Tang. You know, like, uh, <laughs> I wish we had like beanies. You know what I'm saying? We there was talk about starter jackets. There, there was, there was. I'm yeah, I yeah. That we, actually, it's still, it's still like needs to happen. Would y'all still have access to Hebrew? Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We're we've, working on it. We've talked about it. Um, there's like a. I, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you offline. But okay. there's there's a pretty cool Chicago brand that was like they were su- right there. They were like supposed to do it, and mm. then like. I don't know what happened, but maybe, but maybe it'll happen. We got to get back you know? on that game for us. Yeah, I think it can yeah. always. Ooh, ooh, we do need Ergo some merch. Hey, what up? Hey, give me some free shit, G. <laughs> uh, if you've been listening to this very dense conversation and you make clothes right. as well, if you love poetry and philosophy and politics, but right. you got some some dope shit, <laughs> yeah, no. I will wear it. I promise it's you. True. My head gets cold, B. <laughs> Winter is coming. Be beanie. Be. Winter is you know coming. We're about to get out of here. Now we're just devolving, but I do want to say... <laughs> Of all the things that we've done this yeah, summer, yeah. one of the it things was. I'm proudest of is last night I completed Game of Thrones. I'm officially caught up. Like all the way through? Yeah. Oh, we got shit. some talking oh, to do. We got to end the podcast. We're going to actually I've actually never watched that show. What? I just like saying winter is coming because I know is, it's a thing. This is important. And Uh-oh. I want to say this before I get out of here. One of the most surprising things about you, Damon, and I feel like I know you relatively well at yeah, this yeah, point. Yeah, we're pretty cool. We were just, <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were driving after the show and you were like, so if you have any questions about anything regarding Game of Thrones, like just come to me because I'll <laughs> oh, be yeah. happy to walk you through oh, yes. it. Oh, yes. I know, I like know a, more. By the episode. You're a Game of Thrones counselor? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I've, I've Certified. Probably, I've probably watched each episode at least five to six. We're going to start doing teaching. Like it's intense. I've read Let's like do it. hours on like Wikipedia and like there's like, there's a a textbook about the books. There's, there's like a history of this world. It's really dense. But we are like. It's so surprising. Right the, hey, do you, do you want to do a poem? Do I want to do a poem? You don't have to do a poem. Um, it would be nice. We haven't had a wait, live performance. Here, hold either. on. We would love to get some bars in here. Yeah. Uh, some rhymes. But no beat. No beat. All right, I'm just, all right. just That's fine. From that side of the city, closest to Mississippi, where people hear on the news, the views is never pretty. I'm true. Give something to prove that my story is fact. Wiretap rap recording a black that escaped slave. Never take phase, old school, Atlantic type trade when I make waves. Got some brothers who discovered that the fake pays. Never mad at a worker for what he ain't made. Me, I study the means of production while I crack heads with the meanest production. See, the flow's function is to kick slick subverse in the suburbs, convert white kids slight sick when I write this. Joke rap, do pin, punchline absurd, conceal truth in, work we do win, trap beats you in, nod heads you just, cosign movement. Um, And then I got hey. one I got one more. All right. All right. I- um. I like my parties 
like I like my death. Put your hands up. Snapchat when I'm at that ass. Body cam, yeah. Damn what? This the man. Understand the plan, son. Looking for a well-trained black man. I am one. Here come your friendly well-socialized socialist. Sipping on a soda, dancing poker to some soca hits. Diasporic dice game player with the poker chips. Eating Noki while I'm inventing a super soca slick. Spitting Hasbro. What's the haps, bro? They don't hate me for my nose or my naps, Joe. They trying to make me feel like I don't know the math, yo. I was born a number, then a number runner, asshole. In the U.S., Ooh. black death is the capital. Home of the slave-owning killer of the nav, ho. J.K., LOL, LMF, at O. God bless America. That's just another black joke. Hey! Man, I feel like there's so much to talk about. I want to actually talk more about rapping. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we'll have you back for a third yes. time. Oh, come back next week. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all day. <laughs> Nate Marshall, appreciate you so much. Much love to you. Thank you. Where, where can the people find you? Do all the plugs? Uh, What's coming yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What they need to get? Uh, I am at Illuminate Mics on all the social medias or Nate Marshall, uh, NateMarshallPoetry.com. Get it. To it's drop. a bar. Illuminate. Illuminate Mics. Oh. Um, I'm about to drop. You're just now catching it. you late. Uh, a new website. <laughs> um, Look at that. Yeah, I don't know, man. Come I'm, to Wordplay. Yeah, come to Wordplay. Come come to YCA and take me to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next week with another strong invoice from Chicago and beyond. Much love to the people. Peace. Peace. Peace.